I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hi, how are you? Good afternoon. It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Dr. Mike Gustafson. I'm Aaron Dickens. We're joining you today until six o'clock. The H Flooring Center chat line at DoubleT973.com. We're joining you from the Overton Hotel and Conference Center, home of Lubbock's biggest pregame uh, tailgate, Raider Rally. Come check them out tomorrow. Gus, how you going? I am good, dude. I'm excited, excited, excited. We've got this tech baseball reunion tonight and this weekend which i'm obviously a part of but also the soccer game to follow and more importantly or i shouldn't say more importantly but uh, around that hopefully if the soccer weekend goes well you got that on friday sunday you got a football game on saturday try to take care of business tomorrow get bowl eligible weather's nice i mean what's not to got smash mouth tomorrow i mean what's not to like Weather's pretty good. Yeah, you bet. I'm, I'm digging that, man. Open-toed shoe weather. I mean, all, every day is open shoe <laughs> weather pretty much. Uh, somebody asked this. How much are the soccer tickets? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I want to say I would I would guess in the 10 to $15 range. Yeah, that sounds about right. But I, I do not know that because you and I were already in last week. You know, when, when we went over yeah. there, I think during the regular season, I think there were $8 tickets. You think they made Josh Young pay for a ticket? I don't know. No one, that's hard, that's hard to – that's that's a uh, – <laughs> he might know a Josh. He probably walked up there and bought one. Like, you know, I didn't see a credential hanging off his belt or anything. But um, Let's see. So it doesn't seem like – don't you – to texastech.com um yeah so tickets can be purchased at the athletic ticket office until five o'clock we're at the john walker soccer complex beginning at 1 30 um there's not an option to buy them online um the uh the tickets for sunday are ten dollars so there i would assume go. that yep. the assume that the price for tonight is is similar um and we already have a soccer-related r- result. BYU played last night. Of course, they're the one seed on in our bracket, and uh, they beat USC one to nothing. Which BYU hadn't played a bunch of those, right? Mm-hmm. BYU's the offensive force, but uh, they played a tight one with uh, the Trojans, but hung on to get the win. And uh, yeah, so. Red Raiders trying to get it done against Princeton here at uh, seven o'clock. So, no, this is an Eastern time. This is yeah, so it'd be six o'clock our time. Y'all have a good time at uh, Twin Peaks last night. We did. Ate some pickles in your honor. Fried pickles. Yeah, it's good. 
got gave away three pairs of tickets. It's a sellout now. It was. Uh, How about is that? it really? Yeah, they just announced that today. Excellent. Um, excellent. That's great. Yeah, there was uh, three pairs of tickets, and we went about an hour, and it was kind of it was kind of quiet in there when we first got there. And boy, about four o'clock, the bar filled up, restaurant filled up. Looked like a looked like a scene you and I had seen play out several times, and had couple good folks good listeners come in and grab those tickets and um, all is well yeah tick announcing today about uh, an hour ago give or take that uh, the ucf game tomorrow is officially uh, sold out they've sold out of their primary ticket inventory for the game Uh, of course that doesn't include or factor in the 12,000 seats reserved for tech students Um, so yeah pretty neat yeah, that's, that's five a, uh, yeah. five home games, big that uh, that were sold out this year. Really good, and uh, yeah, hopefully that crowd is uh, dialed in. I'll be doing my part as best I can tomorrow to be uh, loud and make it make it a tough place to play. Looking uh, looking forward to. It. We got drone action again, you know, because we'll be you and I walk out of the studio every night at six, and it's pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Not pitch black dark, but. With this game starting at 4 o'clock, they fire that drone show up probably between the third and fourth quarter, somewhere thereabouts, and uh, it'll be a, a quite a setting. Texas Tech is holding steady as a slight favorite in this matchup. Uh, most sports books, at least the ones that I can check out, uh, list the Red Raiders as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I think they opened at three-and-a-half, so there's been some movement toward the Knights. Um, but not just a ton. Now, maybe that changes tomorrow. Maybe there's a lot of movement tomorrow. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a this is an interesting game because it really kind of boils down to, I think, us. Um, you know, which team can play better, and that that almost seems kind of sure an oversimplification. Um, but I, I don't know that either team really out talents the yeah. other one on the whole. I think UCF's skill is probably better. They have a lot of speed, um, but I think that uh, maybe you feel better about maybe your defensive line and, and parts of your uh, of your defense. So it comes down to which team is focused, disciplined, can execute, and in in those kinds of games, it can go either way. And, and frankly, those are um, you know the, the types of games that make up the bulk of uh, what we see week to week in the Big Twelve. Yep, I, I agree. That's a, that's a pretty good assessment. I think uh, you know I, it, it. It sounds like. Uh, both teams, well, I would say it. Our, our team certainly feels like they have a way to attack uh, this UCF-led defense. And by the way, that UCF-led defense, David Gibbs, the defensive coordinator there, former, what, D.C. under Cliff, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty cool. Yeah, I, I was actually talking with somebody at uh, in Orlando this week, and um, – Chuck Hines coming in, eight minutes late. Um, <laughs> and he asked about Gibbs. And it's like, it's interesting because I think Gibbs is a good coach, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's a good defensive mind. I think he did some good things at Tech. Um, I, I enjoyed, uh, you know, our interactions. I think he's really good in a press conference. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that recruiting is really his strength, right? I mean, he, he is a he is a scheme guy, a coach him up guy, a development guy, but, but getting them in the door is in and selling them on the university is probably not one of his strengths but at ucf under gus malzahn you can kind of cover that up with other staff hires mm-hmm. right you can you can bring in guys and surround him with um, plus recruiters and kind of make up for that deficiency 
and 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 Cliff just didn't do that, right? I mean, you go up and down that list of of defensive coaches that were on that staff. And, um, you know, most of those guys, I think all but one actually, in 2018, um, are still on Power 5 staffs. So th- these are not just guys that were just, yeah. dr- you know, run out of, uh, of big-time football, but I don't know that a lot of them could really recruit. And I think that was the... Interesting. Um, he, and, and, and I think he did a good job here because he inherited a complete mess and sure. had a serviceable by the end of his tenure. More Tech Talk next. podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Dr. Mike Gustafson. I'm Aaron Dickens. We're joining you from the Overton Hotel and Conference Center, home of Lubbock's pregame uh, biggest pregame party, Raider Alley at the Overton. Uh, starts three hours before kickoff tomorrow. Um, not tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Today's yeah. Friday. Yeah, yeah, I'm all thrown off since I wasn't at uh, Twin Peaks yesterday. I uh, would love to get your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at DoubleT973.com. All guests appear via the Visual Edge IT hotline. Somebody has this to say, UCF is the worst run defense in the league. Let's... Uh run up and down the field and keep the ball for a long time let's let's uh let's control pace and uh just just uh eliminate them eliminate them with an offensive surge in a way that they're playing from behind all day so uh they are i mean statistically they are the worst rushing defense in the big 12 even if you just look at big 12 games um, they allowed 281 to Kansas State in Manhattan. They allowed 399 rushing yards against Kansas in Lawrence, and, of course, that's going to skew any number. Uh, they gave up 189 in Norman to Oklahoma, which actually seems like a pretty decent effort there. Mm-hmm. Um, 286 to West Virginia, 248 to Cincinnati. Um, but just this past weekend against uh, a pretty good running back with Oklahoma State, Ollie Gordon, 52 rushing yards on 25 attempts. Um, but but the Kansas rushing defense also, you know, has not been great this year, right? They're mm-hmm. not nearly as bad, again, statistically, as UCF, um, but they had given up some big numbers. And yet it seems like in the second half, especially yeah. last week, you, you didn't have much going on the ground, Gus, and I think that's because we we're not really worried about Baron Morton right now, right? Mm-hmm. We're not worried about that passing game. Uh, we don't have to allocate a lot of our uh, resources, our bodies out there to defending that passing game. We can put more toward stopping the run. And you know, UCF is going to see that film. Like they've got yeah. coaches, sure. And yeah, that that the deep ball and and uh, the difficulty in getting the ball deep uh, could allow a. Uh, you know, an extra safety or whatever, an extra some extra personnel in the box. And, and to your point about the, the rushing numbers, and these are just Taj's rushing numbers, although they pretty much reflect the entire rushing attack. I know the, you know, we had a couple QB runs, Cam Valdez with a couple, but uh, uh, 22 for 107 
in the first half for Taj and 11 for 26 yeah. in the second half and five carries for two yards in the fourth quarter. Five I mean, carries, two yards. Th- this this Texas Tech offense, assuming that Baron Morton is not going to be dramatically improved, and, and by that I mean, to be clear, healthier, mm-hmm. right? If he isn't dramatically healthier and, and less compromised throwing arm-wise – then that tech offense is essentially you, you can contain it in a ten to fifteen yard box. You don't have any receivers that can get off the line of scrimmage easily and beat someone deep, or at least they haven't shown that over ten games. Uh, you, you don't have a receiver that can break a tackle and and take off for thirty yards. I don't even know if you have a receiver that can break a tackle. To be honest with you, um, and. That's it. Like you're, you're not, you're, you're very compromised. And I think the ability there to, uh, it, what, what the, you know, what we've shown on film probably allows these guys the opportunity to, uh, to come into games with us with a plan. Can we, you know, and, and again, you're probably trying to say, hey, number twenty-eight can't beat us, you know. So let's make sure number two beats us and and you know what and then and then the second part of that could be let's let's get up in their face and make them beat us over the top in a way that you know like you it'd be sort of the opposite of the old double cloud thing that iowa state did like hey keep everything in front of you with that mahomes fellow right that there could be a desire to get bodies up into a 10 to 15 yard box or whatever. I'm not, I'm not talking about the line of scrimmage box, sort of the a rectangle. The, yeah. And, and get every, yeah, there you go. Get everything up close to the, to the line of scrimmage and say, let's force them to be over it. the top. Sure. Sure. And you know what, if you feel good about your offense, if UCF comes in here and they, you know, maybe they go down and drive and feel like they've got a good plan for attacking us, then they may say, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give them a few shots We'll give them a few single coverage type shots, knowing that you know we we don't think they can they can do it you know and that and it'll be because you think about one of the big plays in the TCU game and it was the it was the forty yard thro- touchdown throw to Dray, Dray McCray I'm saying forty forty ish fifty ish mm-hmm. you know and that was a single coverage probably a run defense type deal but you got single coverage and 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 Barron made a great throw and that's the kind of thing that I would think is what you need on film and what you need to show them tomorrow in a way that makes them go, hey, let's go ahead and get two safeties back there. You know, back them off, and then Taj gets cranking. Yeah, and so I guess the the, the answer to that question, or at least my response to it is, their, their run defense is bad if they have to account for a passing game. There you go. Or, or like, respect it. And I just, based on what we saw against Kansas, I don't think that they will have to do that. Now, A, hopefully I'm very wrong, and you come out and pass for 400 yards and score 50 points and win by three touchdowns. No one would enjoy that more than me. We are so, uh, we are so due for a day like that, too. Sure. Like a, a I mean, if we're, if, if we're going to have one, I, I kind of would like it in, in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, if yeah, if we can I choose. Agree. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, it's just – when was the last time you can remember a receiver breaking a tackle, oh, no. right, and then going for 15, 20, 25 or more? Um, you, you know, the Dre McRae touchdown to TCU is great. 
why why haven't we seen more of that? Yeah. You know, because we know he can run. We know he's fast. Um, yeah, I'm, I'd be just fine with the Xavier White getting one tomorrow. Yeah, you know, senior day. Let him let him get loose. Uh, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line is Pop. Okay, he looked depressed last night, not feeling well. Question mark. Well, I think at the end of the game, he he wasn't wasn't playing much, and uh, you know Washington was getting a lot of minutes, and he was doing he was doing Washington things like playing his sort of heavy he- heavy game. Like you're not getting you're not getting the outside shooter and all that, but you get a guy who will attack the rim and and then play a heavy defense. And in that game, where it felt like Corpus was trying to play a you know to use a to use a phrase that beard used to talk about but the old rock fight idea mm-hmm. and i think that's what corpus was trying to do and they do that well generally speaking i think that's their identity is to sort of muck muck things up like that and uh it may have been a, a day better shooter for washington i can't I, I didn't hear media actual commentary about um that but it was it definitely was not a big shooting day for you know, it wasn't a big shooting day, and so it might have been an easy day to have Pop over there on the sideline. And and McCaslin expressed some frustrations uh, with the go. result. There well, not really with the, re- the result, but kind of how you, how they got there and um, how they played. But certainly the result is fine. We'll, you'll take any win at this point. Yeah, and I don't I, I don't want to sit here and believe me. I'd rather have that have us coast at eighteen point wins every game and. And and that thing wasn't pretty last night. And there were points that, that we sort of or they got back into that game because we would have these empty possessions down on the other end. Like I'd look down and go, wait, how's this a four point game? You know, and I was I went over there with my son. We're like, what what did I miss? Like, oh yeah, there was that turnover down here, and then the you know getting one of two free throws, and then a, another missed shot or whatever. And just yeah, it was just a tough offensive game, but they found a way to win and. Can't wait for this Villanova game. More Tech Talk next. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Dr. Mike Gustafson, I'm Aaron Dickens. We're joining you today from the Overton Hotel and Conference Center, home of Lubbock's biggest game day celebration, Recomali at the Overton. Uh, tomorrow starts three hours before kickoff here at the Overton Hotel and Conference Center. They'll have live music, patio games, cash bar, all of your favorite game day foods, and much, much more. Uh, this question from Ben on the chat line, are the Cowboys still considered the best NFL team in Texas? Ooh. Yeah, I would. I would probably put them slightly ahead of the uh, Texans at this point, right? I mean, yeah, if they were if they were to play, the yeah, Cowboys would be would and should be favored. But that gap, if you if you ask that question in August, that gap that's like a that's something we'd chuckle at, right? And now it appears that uh, the Texans have the quarterback, maybe the best quarterback in this draft class, right? Isn't it amazing how, and, and you know I've talked about this before, but how that NFL dry, that QB thing is just, I'm not saying it's hit or miss. Although you have the seventh rounder from Iowa State doing pretty good things in San Francisco. But, you know, that it, it was Bryce Evans 
Bryce Young. I mean, Bryce Young. I don't know why I did that. I did that yesterday when I was talking. It was He was number one, period. Your guy's number two, Stroud, right? Mm-hmm. No, There wasn't a whole lot of argument about that, and here we are, and it looks like there's – it looks like this one needs needs help and needs more supporting cast, and it looks like Stroud is a star. You know what it's like? Um, you've seen Willy Wonka and the mm-hmm. Chocolate Factory. Not the new version. Isn't there a new one out? Right, yeah. No, no, no. I, well, I don't know if it's out yet, but either out or will be out. Yeah, yeah no, the, the original, mm-hmm. right, the OG. Um, it, it's like you're drafting a quarterback. You put all of this effort into – scouting right investigating sure deep dive picking apart you, you pick this first round quarterback in the top 10 the top you know the first round whatever and you just don't you still don't know right you just don't know if they're going to work or not if they're a good fit for you or not you think you hope you're close um and it's like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because it's like when you open up that wrapper, man, it could be that golden ticket <laughs> yes. or it could just be a chocolate bar, right? And and up to this point, Bryce Young has just been a chocolate bar and C.J. Stroud has been a golden ticket. And, and look at, uh, like, 2017, right? Mitch Trubisky. Oh, my gosh. Second overall. Yeah. Not playing. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 10th overall. Golden ticket, right? And that, and that, yeah. And Trubisky was kind of panned, like that. That choice, you know, there was there was a lot of questions. It seemed like, mm-hmm. um, but he he was, you know, I you're you're exactly right, Ad. And 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 what we're talking about here is not necessarily to say that guy was a bust and he was horrible and he was out of the league in three years, but really rather the the fine line is just what you said that golden ticket versus a chocolate bar is what we're talking about. This guy that's great that elevates everything around him versus just just that mid-level. You know, maybe if you divided the league into three tiers of quarterbacks, you know, top ten or top five maybe, probably top ten, middle ten, bottom ten. You know, the difference between that top ten guy and that middle ten is millions and millions of dollars and, and um, you know, like it, it just it doesn't click. And, and maybe what we've got with the with – the, the, uh, Bears quarterback. Oh, uh, from Justin Georgia. Fields. Yeah, 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 Fields. You know, like it, it felt like eh, the off the coordinator's not right, and this and that, and like, all right, we're three years into everything else around him being, the, and he had an injury and all that. But it's just like you're. Whereas when you see Stroud play, and when we saw Mahomes play, like immediately, like within three games, you're going, oh, no, the, the whole the whole vibe of your franchise yes. changes. From fan base to front office to roster, just the security of knowing, or at least thinking that you know, that we've got a guy. Like we we we've, yeah. we've got our future here is is fine because we've got a dude. Now there are some exceptions, right? I mean, Robert Griffin the third had a great rookie season yeah. and was out of the league. You know what? After four years, um, so it's not some kind of guarantee, but yeah. It changes the vibe for sure. You probably put that tag that you just described on Vince Young, who had one really good year, you know, early and then the sort of yeah. sort of fell apart. But you're you're exactly right. It's it's a and and it's it's like when you know, like, hey, in C.J. Stroud, they know what they've got, and so now they can start looking at 
you know, next year's draft or free agency or whatever going, hey, you know what? Our team would be a lot better if we had that cover corner over here. Or, hey, if we had, you know, like we could go get a tight end. You know, like they, you could start to sort of build up that roster instead of going, what are all the, what are all the holes that you have to be one patched? big answer. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this in the Yates Flooring Center chat line, the Cowboys would love to have Stroud. I mean, oh Dak Prescott's gosh, playing pretty good. Yeah. And I, this isn't some kind of like, um, you know, put CJ in the Hall of Fame right now. Uh, and a lot of the, um, a lot of the gushing about him is largely because you know he's a rookie, right? You know, like th- on th- a rookie salary. And, and it's the same. We saw this with Dak, right? Mm-hmm. When when he was when he was just starting out, and the the you know he was basically seen as this great value because he was playing great, and he was a third round pick. You know, whereas with Stride, it's like he's playing great and he's a rookie. Um. So. We'll see, and, and we're not that far removed either from him playing pretty pedestrian against a, a bad Carolina team with the aforementioned Bryson Young. So, um, you know, we, we'll see what they do against the, the Cardinals this weekend. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, you know, they they always talk about that rookie rookie QB contract contract before all those guys get to their thirty and forty million dollars, which they almost all like any any really serviceable starter is going to get to that pretty good number. And, you know, like it, it's the, it's a great opportunity for the franchise to build and to build into a winner when that quarterback's over there making a million dollars with right. peanuts by, by NFL standards so that they can go out and keep these two pending free agents and go bring in a couple others and draft. And, you know, and, and it just all of a sudden the, the arc of, the Texans is is like this. I'm not saying it's a, a F-16 lifting off, but it's, you know, that's an upward deal, which it hadn't been upward for a while, as you sure. well know. <laughs> uh, this in the Yates Flooring Center chat line um, from Stephen. The remake of Willy Wonka was terrible. The Oompa Loompa um, was a little dude multiplied by a billion, I'm sorry, a bazillion times by CGI. Um, this in the chat line. Some quarterbacks can run an offense. Others are just a cog in the wheel. Mahomes is a boss. Peyton Manning was a boss. Prescott is just a cog. More Tech Talk next. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? Happy Friday. It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today from the Overton Hotel and Conference Center, home of Lubbock's biggest game day celebration. Wreck'em Alley at the Overton starts three hours before kickoff. And the fun continues after the game. They'll have uh, live music, a cash bar, uh, pregame games, and, of course, a delicious offering of game day foods. All here at the Overton Hotel and Conference Center tomorrow uh, before and after Texas Tech's game against UCF. We get this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Someone asks, uh, who takes Dana's job? What about Dave's? Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting because I think it gets into, uh, hey, let me, let me throw in to the texter. Let's throw in the Arkansas job too. I mean, because because you're you're asking a question about two Big Twelve schools, but you're asking sort of 
you know, you're asking state of Texas. Yeah. I'm going to throw in the Arkansas okay. job as being sort of state of Texas adjacent. Sure. I can't believe that this isn't the year that, that the UTSA coach doesn't move. And he reportedly interviewed with A&M yesterday. Wow. You know that you you talked about that, and that make that, that's fascinating. I guess I guess when you're at UTSA taking an interview at a place like that at this time of year is easily explained. Like, well, what are they going to do? Fire right. them? That, that's what I'm getting at. That's yeah. exactly what I'm getting at. Whereas, you know, we could probably think of some other jobs that A and M's not going to get to interview the. They're not going to get to interview Kiffin until later on, sure. right? Without it being, right. yeah, without it being a secret meeting at the Podunk Airport and Gobstopper, Louisiana, or McDonald's or and Amarillo, or yes, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I because because and the, the the interesting part about the Baylor, Houston. Arkansas jobs, and I'm throwing them in there. You can go old Southwest Conference if you want to, but those are all jobs that, you know, they're they're all Texas Tech adjacent jobs. I, I don't know that we have a coordinator over here that's going to be a candidate for one of those. You could put A and M in there and sort of a ripple, ripple effect. But um, that'll well, that, and you certainly recruit against all of them. You bet. And I'm I'm most, a lot. And I'm most interested in a situation in which. We at Texas Tech are doing a really good job of recruiting football players, better than we've done maybe ever in a, in a really long time. And there's three programs, four if you can't. Well, let's go. I'm going to throw A&M into this scenario that have a lot of players that are going, hey, I was recruited by this coach here. And this coach here, this coach, my coach, the guy that recruited me isn't here anymore. What sort of portal opportunities will there be for Texas Tech with departures at A&M, potentially Arkansas, potentially Baylor, potentially Houston? Is there a tight end? Is there next year's running back? Right. Are there, you know, I don't need to go through the list, but you get, is there a game-breaking wide receiver? You know, can we, can we, can we, recruit a couple of home I mean can we portal a couple of home run hitter speed guys offensively from one of those four programs you know and 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 sort of the elephant in the room there AD I think is Baylor and how many of those kids are guys that McGuire helped or and I shouldn't even say McGuire but McGuire and his guys helped recruit there yes that helped recruit to Baylor maybe three years ago and now that guy's going, hey, my coach, you just got let go. And, again, we're playing out a hypothetical here. You know, and somebody backdoors a text to Blanchard, and here we go. We just found it as some D-line help, or we just found an edge rusher or whatever, an O-lineman that can come in and be impactful. Yeah, I mean, the, the portal, the transfer portal window is coming up. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the – December 4th, I think, is when it starts, give or take. And so the, the the week after Thanksgiving is going to be bonkers, right? It is going to be bonkers from a coaching carousel standpoint. It's going to be bonkers from a player movement standpoint. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that there are, and I have no inside information here. I'm not, I'm not hinting at anyone in, in, in particular or specifics, um, but just based on math, Odds are you're going to have some tech players into the portal. Sure. Right? 
Um, and then you're going to be pursuing some players in the portal, I'm sure. So buckle up. Like, hey, eat your fill on Thanksgiving, eat a bunch of leftovers, and then saddle up for a, a hell of a week. And, and you and I are talking about this from a player acquisition and, may, you know, retention, however you want to look at that. If we can go to the other side of the hallway and say, you know what? I mean, we've already had Coach DeRuiter's name on a list, mm-hmm. and this was just a, a sports writer throwing out names as candidates for the USC defensive coordinator spot. So it's not nothing. There's I don't know that there's real smoke there. It, it's not crazy to think that there's going to be a couple of assistants move on, right? No. I mean, no, just, and, and I don't even mean that in a bad way, like just somebody getting an opportunity to elevate or whatever. And so, you know, that's, that's just the nature of it. And, uh, and, and, and what you're saying, that's the sort of thing that's going to come post-Thanksgiving post in that week between Thanksgiving and uh, conference uh, championship games, those things start to heat up. In terms of the question, though, who replaces Dana? Who replaces Aranda? Mm. I mean, G.J. Kinney, I would think, yeah. is going to be a hot name. Um, and that's the head coach at Texas at State Texas who State. went to Waco right. and, and won the season, the season opener. And while he's only in his first year at the FBS level, um, you know, he was the head coach at Incarnate Word last year. And they had a great season. They lost in the FCS semifinals. They finished ranked third in the country. They were 12-2. and two. year before that, um, he helped run the offense for uh, Gus Malzahn at UCF. Right? So he has power conference experience, or at least close to it. Is, is Lashley at SMU a candidate? Yeah. I, know, I mean, I know, they're, I know they're a power five school in the Atlantic Coast Conference now, Aaron. I mean, I know that that's what's on deck. Yeah, I mean, could be. Does, does Arkansas want to get back into that SMU? Well, the last one didn't work well with Morris. I'll be curious to see if if Arkansas, if it does open up, do they do they go after Gus? Yeah, that's a that's fascinating, right? That's a that's that's a really interesting because uh, j- just like with. Um, you know, Dan Lanning, the, the, the UCF job that he took is a bit different than the one that he has now and maybe kind of get while the getting's good if, if he's concerned about maybe the viability of, I don't know, just a thought. Of course, he has a lot of ties to Arkansas, too. More Tech Talk next. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Gus. I'm Aaron. We're joining you today from the Overton Hotel and Conference Center, the official hotel of Texas Tech Athletics. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line at Double T 97.3.com. Oh, wow. Thank you very much. How about that? Appreciate that. Thank some you. Uh, Some hot wings. Heck, yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Um, yeah, the last time we had these, they were tremendous, and yep. I'm very glad that I won't be fighting you for them. <laughs> yeah, you, let me snag one out the door. Um, nice. This on the H Flooring Center chat line, uh, 
Is UCF's run defense going to be able to stop Taj Brooks? Let's hope not. Uh, but the indications are that it's not a strong suit for their defense. Now, the that is true statistically, right? Like they have, uh, I think it's the worst run defense in the conference, whether you look at overall games or just conference games. Um, but as, as we kind of discussed and, and went over in the first hour, it's a little bit different when you kind of know what to expect, yeah. right? And while I'm not saying that UCF like has your signals or anything like that, you know, if they watched the film of last week's game, they saw a Texas Tech offense that was um, kind of forced by Baron Morton's injury to operate within a 10 to 15-yard kind of rectangle box um, in front of the line of scrimmage. You, you didn't really challenge them vertically a whole lot, and, and heck, you did in the last drive, and thank goodness you did. Um, you made some plays. Uh, but because of Morton's compromised arm, not able to push the ball downfield reliably, um, and you know when you did try to dump it out for some quick screens, your receivers didn't block them up right. correctly. And so some of them, not all, I mean, some were successful. Don't forget that. But some were also not. Um, and you, you rely on those to be, hey, those are those should be automatic four, five, six-yard sure. chunks. Um, and so if if you have a similar situation with Barrett Morton tomorrow, it doesn't matter how bad they've been against Kansas State or Kansas. They're, they're going to be a lot better against Texas Tech. And look at what happened last week in Lawrence, the second half. Yeah, we, we need to force them to uh, defend the entire field. We need to... Uh and you better do your part, Gus. Yeah, well, I'll be up there yelling and screaming. You can bet on that. But the, uh, yeah, well, like we need to pose enough of a threat that twenty-eight doesn't have eight-man boxes all day. I mean, that, that's that's yeah. that's what we're talking about here. Uh, that that we can stretch that thing out enough in a way that forces them to put two safeties on the field or play two deep, say whatever that adjustment is. But uh, yeah, because. Yeah, Taj running all over the place in the first half last week, and then whatever it was, uh, I talked about this earlier, seven, 11 carries for 26 yards in the second half. Kansas made an adjustment and took Taj out of the game. And how much of a uh, – and, and, and Kansas didn't do that with a bunch of NFL guys and, and a top-ranked defense. Kansas made an adjustment, and, and uh, you know we, we need to adjust back with that, and the key to that may be – is Baron Baron Morton healthy enough to do that? And and I thought we got a little bit of a tell, we've got a little you know a little bit of a peek behind the curtain when minutes after that game ended, almost seconds after that game ended, Chris Lovell's on field post game interview before he got the coach McGuire was hey I'm gonna grab number two for a happy sure. hey, celebratory you know, yeah, it was a big win yeah and and the way it took the way it went in 30 seconds you went from tie game to 60 yards downfield and kicking a field goal to walk it off um how you feeling now about 60 percent that's from number two's mouth that's from baron morton's mouth you know and i was hoping he would have said 75 or 80 percent to be honest with you but he's telling us like yeah, it's, it's not all there and that sort of information is publicly available in a way that you go well ucf might be able to stick an extra safety in the box or jam corners up in receivers' faces and say, beat us over the top. Yeah, make a play, break yeah. the tackle. And right. up to this point, and, and we've got a 10-game a body of work here. This is not some kind of flash in the pan. 
your receivers have not shown the ability to, to do that um, consistently. I mean, there, there have been flashes that have been great. The Dre McRae touchdown against TCU, um, the, the, the Bradley plays uh, in Lawrence, especially the one uh, there at the end, tremendous. But it's game 10, right? Yeah. It's going to be game 11 tomorrow. You, 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 need to, you need to be in a position where you have a hard time rattling off the instances of that happening versus, you know, being able to recall instantly the handful of times that it did occur over a 10-game stretch. It, it would be, and it, it, this isn't asking for a lot when I say this, it would be great if that receiver room have their best game tomorrow. And that's not saying much. Absolutely. And it, it's really not. I mean, we're in a position there where the leading receiver might not get to 500 yards this year, and that's that goes back to the spike pre-air raid era. It's crazy. That is astounding. Yeah, I had, it really is. I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, that Don Williams had wrote about that a month or so ago, and, and that was sort of the pace that the receivers were on. And, you know, it would be great if we have a game where we've got a couple of 100-yard receivers and four touchdowns through the air and, you know, light it up a little bit. If, uh, you know if Barron wants to do that. If everybody plays to their average, then Bradley will just get over 500 yards and Miles Price will be just under um, but again, that's Crazy. yeah. Let's assume that they hit their averages. Bradley averaging about forty-two yards a game. Uh, Miles Price right under that with forty-one yards a game. Uh, Price leads you in receptions with forty-three. You know, and that's also a pretty low number. Although, yeah. you know, your your team high last year was fifty-one. So. Yeah, I'd love to see those guys just go out and click tomorrow. I mean, for a million reasons. Six wins, bowl eligibility, final home game, senior day, all the things. There's so many great reasons for those guys to go out and have a big day offensively and put up a bunch of points and make this a blast of a uh, season finale, at least on the home side. You haven't had a receiver with 750 yards or more since 2018. Good grief. When J.D. on high and Antoine Wesley both, uh, high had 804, then Wesley had like 1,400. We had a bunch of, of um, you know, we spent a lot of time wishing for that 1,000-yard rusher this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't know we were trading in all of the receiver yeah. yardage for, uh, I mean, no, I'm, I'm saying that jokingly, but, I mean, it does feel like that. It's like, man, Taj, Taj got all the oxygen, but it, it's been a uh, – yeah, it's been a tough year and for that receiver. I'll room. give. I mean, they the, the offensive staff and Kitley specifically have have taken a lot of criticism this year. And listen, the offense has not been great. Um, various reasons for that, but give them credit for pivoting to Taj agree. and finding something there. Because I don't think that going into camp, the plan was okay. Hey, Taj is going to rush for you know thirty attempts a game. Right. and we're just going to ride him to a bowl season. Yeah, and be among the nation's yeah. leaders and carries. This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.